If you're a pastor, elder, deacon, nonprofit board member, or business owner, I need you to listen to this. K&K Furnishings needs to be on your shortlist. K&K Furnishings are committed to helping you find the right furnishings for your church or organization. These guys specialize in quality worship seating, welcome centers, cafes, nurseries, classrooms, as well as stage and podium furnishings. The two owners have over 70 years of combined pastoral experience, so not only will every transaction be handled with integrity and professionalism, but they have the experience to provide you with the perfect solutions for your furniture needs, and they absolutely understand your budget constraints and demands. K&K Furnishings are devoted to providing you quality pieces that save you money. They can do this because they don't have the overhead of a brick and mortar store and they have relationships with over 200 manufacturers nationwide. Look, we all know there's a lot of junk out there. K&K understands that many times bargains aren't true money savers. They end up costing you more in the long run. At K&K, they believe that quality furnishings don't have to be outrageously expensive. And here's the best part. K&K Furnishings sells nationally and can also provide in-person consultations in Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana. If you can't meet in person, they'd be happy to set up a Zoom consultation for you today. So whatever your next project is, whether it's your home office or your church sanctuary, K&K Furnishings is the only place you need to look. Go to www.kkfurnishings.com to see how they can help you or call 567-318-4520. That's www.kkfurnishings.com or call 567-318-4520 or click on the link in the description of this episode. K&K Furnishings, furnishing business, education, worship, and hospitality for the glory of God. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I got to tell you about Jacob's Supply. Jacob's Supply is the place you got to go for all of your material needs. These guys bring you construction supplies and appliances for up to 50% off retail price, all brand new. Your home builder needs some lumber? Jacob's Supply has you covered. You a deacon at your church and you're in charge of that next Narthex floor job? Jacob's Supply has got you. Heck, they got Cortec Luxury Vinyl Plank right now for $3.59 a square foot. Go look that stuff up at Lowe's or Home Depot, man. That stuff is selling for $7 to $8 a square Square foot. That's over 50% off retail. Even if you just have some home projects you're working on, Jacob Supply is the place for you. I just built an outdoor grilling area this spring for that old smoker and grill. Guess where I got the metal roof, lumber, and screws? Yeah, that's right, Jacob Supply. Looking for a fridge, stove, washer, dryer? They got them all, and their name brand. Samsung, Bosch, Frigidaire, all 20, 30, 40% off retail. Brand new and ready for you. Located in Temperance, Michigan, it's worth it to stop by even if you're a few hours away. And remember, Jacob Supply can ship products nationally too. So even if you're out of state, you gotta check them out. Follow them on Facebook at Jacob Supply or call them direct at 734-224-0978. That's 734-224-0978. 0978. Remember, Jacob Supply, quality building materials at wholesale prices. And now, on to the show. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between, broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Yeah, that tastes good. What do I got in there tonight? I don't know. I think I have a little... What did I put in here? Was that Irish whiskey or is that bourbon? I don't know. Uh, Maybe Maker's Mark. That's my go-to. Hey, guys, welcome to Dead Man Walking Podcast. I'm reminiscing about what's in my cup. But, uh, yeah, if you're watching this, if you want to get one of these mugs, you absolutely can on dmwpodcast.com. Support the show. We appreciate it. I have a Christmas special right now. Spend 50 bucks on the site. Get 25% off everything. Go do it. Go do it. Helps us get down to conferences like uh, the Tullahoma Conference coming up in February, which uh, the guy Mm -hmm. right now that you're looking at, uh, Pastor Braden uh, Patterson, he's going to be there, aren't you? Yes, yes, sir. I'm super excited for it too. It's going to be an absolute uh, blessing. It's going to be a. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. So you, so you've been on the podcast a few times. Got to sit with you just for a few minutes when we were in Tullahoma last year. You came on, uh, I don't know, a couple a couple months. It's probably more than that now. It just feels like time flies. But for those who don't know, mm-hmm. uh, host of Open Air Theology, pastor, still pastor at Valley Baptist. Yes, sir. Yep. Still pastor at Valley Baptist Church, host of Open Air Theology Podcast. You can find his YouTube videos at Reformed Ex Mormon. And of course, like we said, he's going to be one of the guest speakers for the sessions at the Y Calvinism mm. Conference in Tullahoma, Tennessee, where they're also going to be recording a documentary. There's going to be a debate by James White. It is going to be an all around good time. We're about to get rowdy down there, have some fun. And uh, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Oh, it's good to be back. It's a, it's a huge blessing that I got invited back. So thank you, Greg. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So I wanted to have you on because we were talking, uh, I think through Facebook or social media and, uh, you said, Hey man, I'm, uh, I'm hunting right now. I said, I'm, I'm hunting in a couple of days. You're like, I'm antelope hunting. I said, oh, I'm, well, I'm just jealous now because I'm just deer hunting. 
Um, I haven't done re- really any big game stuff out of state. We have some black bear, bobcat, coyote, fox, and deer on my property in northern Michigan. And uh, I said, cool, well, let's connect and let's talk about that when you get back. And you just sent me a picture last night. You bagged an antelope. You got some meat in the mm-hmm. freezer. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God was very kind to us this year with providing us uh, with some food for our family. So absolutely. So I came back uh, without anything because just because I'm getting to the age now to where I'm about 600 yards back in a blind. I only have uh, foot trails. I don't have any ATV. So I drag everything out by hand or sled. Very thick uh, forest. Actually looking for someone to forest some mm. of my land because it's so thick. So I sit back and if I get a small doe that walks by me, the old guy in me starts going, is this really worth it? I'm going to have to get out there and field dress it, pull it in, hang it, process it. Oh, for, uh, so I'm kind of waiting. I let a couple pass. I had some spike bucks go by, had some does go by. I was waiting. We had a nice eight point that I had my eye on that was on the trail wow. cam, but uh, it, it didn't come by my way. Mm. The bear was in the area uh, a few days before, but we didn't see the, that black bear. Um, but you want to know what? I've got private property. So we were open in December, got muzzle loading season, still got some chances. So who knows? Uh, but yeah. you, my friend, give me the lowdown. Cause this is what we want to talk about on this episode. I wanted it to be the, you know, we had James white on and all we talked about was uh, camping um, mm. because he's, he's in that camper right now. We didn't even talk about theology or doctrine. So um, I know we've talked about some of that stuff in the past when you've been on here, this episode, I want it to be the hunting episode, man. I want to talk about uh, getting out, getting in nature, seeing the glory of God, uh, getting connected with your food. Um, I believe it's probably the purest way to get your food. Um, you know, all these, uh, leftist, crazy hippie, liberal, whatever's think, Oh, killing these poor little animals, uh, or, you know, you're so mean when in fact, most of them die of starvation or disease. Anyway, we're actually doing them a favor by rightly harvesting them that the Lord has given us dominion over. But, um, I want to talk about all that stuff and I might get a little techie mm-hmm. on you too, cause I saw the gun in your picture and I'll show the picture here. I want to know kind of what you were using, where you were at. So, um, let's get into it. First of all, did you grow up hunting or is this something? Yeah, so, so I would say I grew up as a professional hiker with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> less than a, than a, than a hunter. And so I, 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 unlike yourself, I live in Southern Idaho. And so I live in a lot of desert, uh, rolling Hills Canyon type of area. And so that, that's kind of been what my experience of hunting has been is about around a lot of that stuff. There is some, some mountains and some forest, uh, a little bit further down South and a little bit further up North. And sometimes I'll find myself going up there, but it's probably not nearly as thick as what you're, what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I was raised by a father who went hunting, grew up on a, on a farm, went hunting when he was a little one. Um, he helped me do my hunter's ed. And then we went out pheasant hunting, didn't get anything. We went out a couple of times, didn't get anything. And, and that was about the end of my, my hunting uh, right. experience <laughs> with this? my father. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really stoked about it, really happy about it. And then, um, on our last, on the last show I was on, I, I talked about how I left it, the LDS religion. And so after leaving yeah. that, I got really into wanting to do coyote hunting and that just developed into wanting to, to, to hunt more and more things and, and slowly, but surely I'm getting more and more proficient at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, it is a skill and it is a craft, which I think is part of what I want to talk about as well too, is like, as, as men, we like to hone crafts and skills and I think it's good for us to do so. Um, out where you're at is coyote varmint. Can you just shoot him at yep. will? Do you have to have a license or what is it? I believe you, so you just have to have your hunter's license if I remember correctly, but it is yeah. as many as you want any time of the yeah. year that you want. Um, in fact, I like, don't take this advice from me, but I'm, I'm assuming even if the law was for you to have a hunting license, if you shot a coyote out here, they probably wouldn't say anything to you about That's it. That's kind so of how it is in Michigan. Yeah. yeah, they're everywhere, man. As soon as I feel dress a deer and flop all those insides out, um, yeah. you'll go back the next day and it's like it wasn't even there. The, the blood off the leaves will be licked up. I mean, they get to them quick. I remember yeah. four or five years ago, I was up and it was our first time, I don't know, longer than that. Geez, eight years ago when I first got the property and, it, and my brother shot one right at dusk, about 525. So we're tracking it. Mm-hmm. Not very far, but it's getting dark now. So we do, we, we pull everything out, out there. Heck, we're not carrying in an extra 80, 90 pounds dragging that in, you know, at night. And I'm telling you, as we're, as we're cutting it open, you can just hear them in the, you know, in the dark, probably 20, 30 feet, feet away. Ooh, yeah. you know, they're, well, they're waiting. They just knew, you know, and uh, that was our first experience of going, okay, they're everywhere up here. Yeah. But uh, I got a neighbor who has a natural spring and he has a uh, right next door and he has a, 
uh, spring, like a, like a water company. I think um, Nestle mm-hmm. wants to buy it off him for like millions of dollars. And he's like, nope, not mm-hmm. selling out. Bot- does his own little family thing. Bottles his own water. Super cheap. Just put the money in the, you know, in the little lockbox and grab how many ever gallons you want. And he's got a little like uh, hangout shed uh, with a bathroom in it and it's heated. And he's like, just come up anytime, man. We'll just sit right in the heated shed and, uh, eat jerky all night and just shoot coyotes all night. And <laughs> so I'm going to go up there this year. I'm going to take him up on it. I think I'm just going to go up there. We'll just hang out all night and shoot coyotes. But, um, that's so fascinating. Did, I love yeah, it. So, so you did coyotes. Did, did you ever, did you then get into like later on, get into deer hunting or big game or how'd that go? Yeah. So, and that's really where the the hiking with a professional hiker with a gun came in because there were several years here. So I, I just have unfortunate, um, I don't want to call it luck because we don't necessarily believe in luck, right? <laughs> but yeah. God has not seen it so that I would ever do a controlled hunt. So I have not ever uh, actually drawn anything. So I put in every single year here in Idaho and it seems like everybody else always draws. And so I've only done general hunts and yeah. in Last year was actually my first year harvesting a deer. Okay. And prior to that, it was like six years of not seeing anything. And really, it, it was challenging. It was really, really hard. I, I saw yeah. some does, but never, ever any bucks to, to be able to, to get on public land. And it was, uh, there were several times that I think my wife included, we were saying, why, why am I doing this? Right. <laughs> and so it, uh, so like I said, this year has been, has been a huge blessing. Last year was a huge blessing. Last year, I got a deer and an antelope. Uh, this year yes. I, I've gotten a bear, a deer and an antelope. Uh, and I'm hoping still to be able to go get okay. a cougar and a wolf would, I wouldn't eat the wolf of course, but, uh, try to get a cougar and a wolf by the end of the year. I'm hoping. Wow. What kind of bear was it? It was a, it was a little black bear. I think, uh, okay, she yeah. was three or four years old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bear meat's pretty good actually. People, yeah. uh, I don't know. It, it just says everyone, you know, Joe Rogan made like elk meat all popular. And here in Michigan, we have a, uh, a city called Atlanta, Michigan. It's the elk capital of the Midwest. I mean, they are everywhere and overpopulated. Mm. You can pretty much get a tag on site. And ever since he started talking about everyone, just, I saw, I saw as a real estate agent, I sell property up there to hunters all the time though. They're paying 50, 60, $70,000 for like five acres, you know, mm-hmm. and then they're just hunting public land near there. Um, mm-hmm. because you have to be in that area to pull a tag, you know, uh, but bear, man, I've had bear quite a few times, never got to take a bear yet. Uh, so we were talking about offline, um, this year I was hoping to, but, um, bear meat is, is really good. I thought sometimes you got to add mm-hmm. a little fat to it in some of the parts, you know, put a little sausage yeah. in there, something, get a little yep. fat going, but man's so good. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. So you got deer, bear, uh, mm-hmm. what was the other one you said? And you're hoping to go uh, and antelope. Yeah, I'm hoping to get a cougar. Yep, hoping to get a cougar. I've heard really. I I know somebody that's that's harvested one in the past and said it's absolutely delicious. And so, yeah. I, I, why not try it? I've never tried it before. I would love to do that. Hmm. And so, um, there's there's some cougar that are supposedly uh, reported in the uh, in a place called the South Hills near near where I live. And so, um, try it. What try state to are you in again? Idaho. Idaho. That's right. Yep. Oh man. Okay. So I had a buddy that went, that paid for a trip to go out mm-hmm. to Idaho with an outfitter for Cougar. Yep. And he, and he yep. got one and he was up in an area where you kind of have some elevation, some like foothills and stuff where, I mean, he said it was, it was pretty tough getting it out of there after they treat it and bringing it back. Yep. Cause I think they're using dogs. Yep. Um, yeah. Right. And, uh, but he said it was like an experience. He's like, it's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. He actually might have came up really close to where I live at, actually, because there's a lot of people that do that where they pay this uh, certain outfitters to take them up. And that this yeah. area is pretty well known for having cougars in the, in the spots, right? Because they, they have outfitters out there with dogs that you just pay a certain amount yep. of money and you go out and get a cougar. <laughs> I don't know, man. I've thought about doing that, but I just can't. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I did, kind of did do it. I went to an outfitter in Alabama and we did a, uh, my father-in-law invited me on a duck hunt. Okay. Um, and that was pretty sweet because we just had like 10 guys lined up. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're three foot, four foot down in the water in your box and you got the guy just calling them in, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's calling, he's all right, guys, locking up, locking. And you flip that thing up <laughs> and you just got 10 guys stand up. Ka-pa, ka-pa. I mean, it's like Armageddon, right? These ducks are falling. We took like 85 ducks over four days between the 10 of us. I still got some of the, some of the meat in the freezer, but, um, and duck is good. Oh, like a duck Marsala mm-hmm. is delicious, but, mm-hmm. um, that was something, I guess. Yeah, I did. That was technically an outfitter. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And that was just a good time, though. It's like it's, it was almost cheating because they knew all the spots. They got all yeah. the decoys set out. They got the call. I mean, I, I just showed up with my gun and sat there. Yep. Went, okay, you can tell me when to pop up and start target shooting, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. I'm jealous that you got to do that. I, uh, the, the That's one of the, the blessings um, that I have actually experienced last year. So one of the reasons I, I would say I was successful this year was last year I had some some really godly men help help me with hunting last year. And kind okay. of showed me some of the some of the improvements I needed to make in, in my approach and how I was doing things. And yeah. that um, greatly benefited me this year. I I, uh, I I don't think I would have gotten a deer or an antelope this year. If they had so like, like what? Like So what's different between a deer and an antelope? Are they, are they pretty much the same when you're hunting them? Kind of make sure you, you know, the sight and they can win pretty easy. Wind you like is it that kind of stuff with the deer? They can still wind you with antelope. Um, the the difference with an, a deer versus an antelope. Deer like to go and hide in like uh, the shoots in the valleys, right? The areas where, sure. especially in the desert, right? Because everything's super flat, and so where there's a little dip in the ground, uh, that's where the deer are going to want to go and bed down, just so that they're out of the line of sight. Antelope are a little bit different, though. Antelope tend to go into the most open areas, the most flat areas that they can see everything. Because their their eyesight is phenomenal and they're fast, right? And so they want they put themselves in the best opportunity to get away from whatever's coming to chase them. And so, where a deer, you sometimes you don't know that they're on the other side of the hill because they're in that valley. So you got to slowly walk over the hill, um, and then they're going to be down there. They may or may not see you. Um, Antelope will see you a mile away. <laughs> and so, and they'll watch you. And and once they once you get into a certain range, then they'll they'll run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm sharing that picture right now that cool. antelope. what what type of what type of uh rifle you using right there yeah so well first of all I, so i wanted to take all my animals this year with a 357 lever action that's a that's what i took the the bear with and the deer with this year um but since you cannot like it's really challenging to get close to those antelope just because of how well their eyes are i took yep. with me a 300 win mag <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a nice scope on there and, and shot him from uh, 250 to 300 yards um, oh, wow. just in that range. And so, and that was after, so they spotted me at that, that range about uh, 350 is when they spotted me and they, when they were crossing in front of me, they got a little bit closer when they were trying to jet out of there and one just stopped there. It was a doe. That was what my tag was and was able to get yeah. shot off quickly on it. So, so they were at what about 250 for you, you think or 300 250 250 to 300 yeah it was just right in that, wow. in that ballpark yeah see i got stuff that comes up on me 15 feet away in, in really state tree stand uh because really? i'm right on a run and uh so man just imagining 250 yards i mean heck when i sight in my scope at 100 yards i'm like this is i have to go back and recite in scopes at like 50 yards from my place up there so going right. 250 and you've got a lot more, I mean, if you're at 250, every little movement, uh, you know, could be an inch or two off too. Yeah. So you really got to be steady with that. So do you do any long range, uh, like range shooting just to kind of practice or at that? I, I do. I haven't done a lot yet with that 300 wind mag I've, I've taken. I have a, uh, AR 10 that I I'm a really big fan of. Um, I recently took that scope that was off that gun and put it on a different gun. So that, AR-10 doesn't have a, a scope right now, unfortunately, but I've shot that gun at a thousand yards before, um, wow. not at any animal, of course, but at just targets and, and was able to, 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 to hear and see the the hit. So that was, that was exciting stuff. Jeez, um, you got Braden the sniper on the podcast today. <laughs> Far from that. Yards. <laughs> you, you should see all my miss. I'm only talking about the okay. hits right now. Well. It's like, uh, well, it's like a, like a, like a, like a Kobe Bryant highlight, right? You're only going to see the, the, the <laughs> right. The, the yeah, I don't post my make. misses either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. I, I hit all my shots. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you were talking about even having another gentleman help you and kind of train you to, to, to get better. And this is one of those things that I, I, I like to talk about because I have some younger guys in my church and even some older guys that haven't experienced hunting. And I know it's not for everyone, but at the same time, for me, I find so many benefits in every aspect from training, uh, really focusing and trying to get better at a craft, um, harvesting my own food. I mean, from, from field to table, probably some of the cleanest, uh, food that you can get. Um, even when there isn't any, even when I have a, even when I get skunked, 
I force mm-hmm. myself to sit in a blind for four to six hours at a time with no cell phone. And it's just me and the Lord, man. And talk yep. about a time to meditate. Sure, you're looking and you're watching, but it is just you and God. And he will clear some stuff up with me real quick uh, when I'm forced to sit there for hours and hours. Um, I'll plan my year in my business, kind of year in the homeschool with the family. I'll, I'm sitting there and meditating on the word. Um, I, I just find the whole experience very uh, cathartic and is that the mm-hmm. word, right word? Yeah, cathartic. Uh, spiritual. Um, <laughs> sounded like Ted Nugent, <laughs> the spirit animal in me. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Just like the, the whole thing. Any guys that don't experience that, and I know it's not for everyone, but that, that want to have that, I think there's a lot of good biblical things in that. And I think we've lost that um, here in Michigan yep. in the eighties, we had over 1.2 million licenses applied for annually, like in the mid eighties last year, 420,000. So mm-hmm. you're almost down 800,000 licenses applied for over 30 mm-hmm. years. Uh, that's pretty crazy. There's just less people doing it, not wanting to do it. Um, I don't know what the reasons are for. I think maybe some of it's social pressure as well, too. It's just kind of fallen out of favor. But man, my grandfather and my great grandfather, uh, that was like, hey, this is where we're getting most of our meat for the year when we go up. They yep. they would take two or three at a time, put 150 pounds in the freezer, and you grow up on venison or whatever it yep. was. You know, um, that is that, your- those statistics oh, are remarkable though. Like just even like because I'm assuming Michigan has had the population grow, and so like oh, to see that's that is yeah. So I'm in a deer manage. I'm in a deer management unit. It's called a DMU where I'm at. I'm I'm kind of uh, you know here's Michigan. You get to do the thing. I'm uh, I'm up here, right? So um, you can take three with one tag because it's. I mean, does everywhere up there. Bucks not so much. They kind of hide out. I'm up against really? fifty thousand acres of public land against my forty acres or twenty acres of private land, but. Um, but but it's insane because less hunters, you have to realize, too, there's a whole conservation thing with hunting. Mm-hmm. People who go, oh, you're a big meanie. You're, you know, killing animals. Well, it's like, one, they're, they're going to die anyway, uh, most of the time by predator disease or um, starvation. So, uh, you know, when I put one through the heart or lungs and it drops after 10 seconds, I'm actually doing it. A, you know, it's, it's, it's a mercy killing at that point. Uh, mm-hmm. But two, it gets all out of whack with predators. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's just in now black bears are, are that way. Moose have come across from the UP when, uh, uh, Lake Superior froze over about five years ago. So we've got this explosion mm-hmm. of elk and moose in the lower peninsula in Michigan, which is really mm-hmm. disrupting things. Um, we've spotted three wolves now in, in the, they're all everywhere in the UP, but in the yep. lower peninsula and those things, those things, if they're hungry, they'll take pets. They'll take small children, which they did. There was one about three years really? ago where, uh, they they found the child. Um, it was a little too big, I think, for the single wolf. He, he dragged it away about two hundred yards, but they found it. But he was he was hungry. Wow. He's like, I need something. Um, so it's this weird thing where, yeah, in, you know, because they've they've upped the the um, license rate uh, exorbitantly because you know uh, hmm. government loves taxes, and I think it's just fe- between culture falling out of you know favor and then that you got a thing where you got almost eight hundred thousand less hunters every year. And then the population control just kind of goes, goes a little wonky because we got a lot, I mean, we yeah. got a lot of national forests in Michigan, you know, it's maybe not quite yeah. like Idaho, but there's a lot, especially in the UP. That is, that is unbelievable to hear. So what, what kind of, since you shoot, I, I, that just to hear, like you could take three with one tag, that is unbelievable to me. <laughs> yeah. So you can, so you could take three does if you wanted. Sure. They do have a restricted on a combo. So there is a restricted okay. where you can only take four, four, four plus on one side for deer. So they don't want okay. you out there taking, you, you can't take multiple large bucks, but okay. doe. Um, and then you can get extra doe permits for like 10 bucks. They're like here, $10, really? take as many doe permits as you want. Yeah. Yeah. So here in Idaho, you can't shoot a doe uh, with a, with a general <clears throat> tag. You, it has to be a buck here in Idaho. And so there's a lot Same. of people that walk away without any, any meat ever, like several, yeah. several, several seasons in a row. So that's, that's remarkable to hear that. So when you're out there hunting, do you, do you kind of have those benefits that I was talking about too, as a believer, as someone who understands oh, yeah. that nature reflects the glory of God? Like, do you have some of those experiences well too, to where, you know, thinking to yourself, this is important for me to do. My yeah. wife is to the point now to where she knows, yeah, that's the week I'm up there, uh, kind of, kind of need it. I, I joke, I joke, my brother told his wife when kind of, when they first got married, she was giving him a little bit of a hard time and he goes, look at 
He goes, 100 years ago, I would have went out, shot it, got it for you, prepared mm-hmm. it for you. He goes, now I have to go to a store to buy my meat. It's in my DNA. I have to do this. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. I have to. <laughs> and it's kind of weird how it's like a visceral thing where it is, it is you know, being the provider and the person, you know, as a man, there is something about that where you really connect with kind of how probably right after the fall, how the created order was, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, well, and you would see that even like with uh, Genesis nine with Noah, um, he's told to go out and kill anything and eat it. Right? Like, like yeah. there's, there's, well, and I, so there's several things on that, right? Like, so on being out in nature, I think that that's one, like, while we're not like spiritualists and saying, oh yeah, we go out and we see God out in the, in the nature. Like I've, I've talked yeah. to, uh, um, some individuals that follow Thor in the past and they're always like, Oh yeah, the nature of this. And all okay. There, there's something to be said about nature for sure. Right. And I think that's why in the book of Job, like when, when, uh, God is speaking to Job out of a whirlwind, he refers to nature that magnifies who he is. He, he, he talks about yeah. Job. Tell me, tell me where the, the goat calves on the mountains. Um, tell me where the, the shoreline comes and meets uh, the, the beach and, all these just really remarkable ways that God describes himself in that text. One of my favorite uh, chapters, I think it's what, 38 in Job, yeah. Yep, yep, 38 to 42 is just remarkable. It's just God hammering the truth down Job's throat, and Job can't speak after yeah. that. Um, and so, and I think that you also see that with with God's creation in uh, Romans 2, right, that, that uh, we can tell that there is a God just by seeing creation. And so we have to also remember, like, the context of when the Bible is written. It's not written when people are having a, a, a grocery store down the street from them and a vehicle. And so a lot of times when it talks about the, the creation, it's talking about a lot of the things that we don't um, typically see, right? And so I, I totally yeah. agree with you. It, it's, it's so wonderful to be out in, in the wild, Um having just some, some one, well, uh, having time of prayer, having time of just intentionality and and recognizing God's creation is remarkable. And then I think like the effort, like even, even when somebody doesn't harvest an animal, the effort that somebody put in um, just magnifies like the sacrifice that individual had to make or did make to try to provide for the family. Like that, that is something that I think says a lot about that individual. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to to your point too. Yeah. It's not like we're, uh, we're sitting here and we're, you know, native Americans worshiping, uh, (laughs) creation itself. It's a reflection of the creator, right? Uh, The same way that we, that we admire a painting and go, wow, whoever painted that beautiful. I mean, that's how I'm looking at it. And I can see that in anything. I mean, I just posted a, a picture, um, on my, uh, on, Twitter X a few weeks ago. And I have this beautiful uh, maple tree in the backyard and it turns up bright, fiery red and orange mm-hmm. right in fall, you know, and I just took a picture of it, put it up there. And I went, even in, even in, after the fall in, in the death cycle of sin to where a tree has leaves that has to die and then come mm-hmm. back. There's God gave us artistic beauty, even in that it through his common grace of going, yep, yep. it's going to have to die and, and rebirth because of sin and there's death in the world, but I'm even going to give you a, a beautiful artistic, uh, a rendering of this tree as it dies, it becomes these beautiful, vibrant colors. And you go, wow, God, you're, you're so good to us. Even mm. those, those small things to where the sign of the fall of sin is even, is even marked with a beauty uh, in the way he designed it, you know, and that's yeah, a tree in my backyard, absolutely. you know, <laughs> people might think I'm a little crazy, but I'm standing there looking at it and go, it's just such a gorgeous, gorgeous thing, you know? So uh, you don't have to, you don't have to out, go out and kill your food to, to, you know, see the glory of God in nature. That's not what we're saying, but that is a very all meal, all statement though, that you just made. I love it like, that, that, because that's exactly how I look at things. That's exactly how yeah. I look at things. Like, like we look at the beauty of a tree and I'm like, man, that's so, that's so beautiful. Like to see, see it. And then fall comes around. I'm like, man, it looks like death. Like uh, Christ died on a cursed tree for me. Like, like I do that all the time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that the same rationality goes through your mind. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's biblical. Uh, and yeah. then, and then the other thing I would say too, which is very uh, proverb ish is working towards a skill. Uh, mm-hmm. You see this a lot when you hunt, here's the thing. Anyone who hasn't hunted uh, or goes out for a small game, big game, whatever it is, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. If you're good, if you're just not shooting from the hip and wounding stuff. And I mean, you want to be accurate. You want to be good. 
um, there, there's preparation with, with scouting and with, uh, what mm. weapons you're going to use and where you're going to be and the times and, and how do I take this, uh, animal, um, th- the best way possible. And there's all these things that go into it, which I think is good for men as well, too. Um, I, we're seeing a generation coming up where a lot of young men don't want to work at any one skill. I saw a, Oh, what was it? A Pew Pew research poll. And it said, this was three years ago. So my, it's probably skewed mm-hmm. now, but it said um, 85% of those 15 and under, which is a younger category, but okay. Now they're not, you know, late teens, 15 and under think that they're going to make their first uh, million from being a social media star. Mm-hmm. Um, so 85%, eight and a half out of 10 kids go, Oh no, I'm going to, I don't really need a real skill or a real job. I'm going to do something online and become an influencer or, you know, whatever podcast or whatever that, whatever it is on social media, TikTok star. And I just went, how sad is that? Uh, because and look at, I'm not right. We, we're on podcasts. We do media stuff. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying anything against that. I'm just saying it's such a lost kind of idea to work very hard uh, at something to hone a skill and then get delayed gratification from it for maybe years. There was a couple mm-hmm. years, like three, four years in a row. And I'm just nothing. And you, and you start thinking to yourself, like, why am I out here? What am I doing? I'd least like the fruits of my labor a little bit. So I could, you know, mm-hmm. I'd really like to make some jerky here, you know, or mm-hmm. you know, some, some back straps or something. Uh, <laughs> and you, and you can get discouraged in it. And I think it's, it's really good at training young men and, and heck men of every age to really hone a skill, even if you don't have immediate gratification from it. And I found that's very beneficial to me as someone who is naturally impatient, who naturally wants to see the fruits of my labor right away. You know, um, I know that's a weakness in me. The Lord's dealing with me in that sanctification is a daily process. I'm getting better as I'm getting older, but very impatient with that. And it's helped Mm. me go, nope, have a goal. It might be far off. But keep working at it. You might not see the results today, tomorrow, or next year, but you will eventually. H- have you ever gone through some of that too? Or heck, has a hunter ever had that dry spell and just go, oh my gosh, what am, oh, what am yeah. I doing out here? Oh, yeah. And that, that, especially those those years that went by where I just didn't see anything. And it was just, it was such a morale uh, kick in the hiney in those ways. And so like, yeah. and I think, I think that what you just expressed with, with something that the, the Lord is working on you with, I think he's working on that with me as well. And I think that that's a, a pretty common uh, hardship, uh, a pretty common um, uh, process of sanctification in today's generation that, that like has things instantly at the fingertips, right? And so I, I think that's where going back on on the how we don't have a uh, we have generations now that are not into wanting to hunt. It's because everything is just right there at their fingertips, right? I I can do a, yeah. a grocery pickup on my my phone while. I drive there. I can have uh, my uh, kids in the back watching Bluey, right? Which I love Bluey, right? They're in the back watching Bluey. And then also at the same time, I can uh, pull up to the thing and then I, and I don't have TikTok, but I could be on TikTok, right? And I get instant gratification yeah. over and over and over and over again during that. Whereas hunting, it's going out, it's ha- having patience, it's enjoying God's creation. And then hopefully, it, yeah. and sometimes it doesn't, but then like, hopefully you harvest something. Hopefully you, 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 take care of the meat properly. Hopefully you get it to a refrigeration place uh, quickly. Hopefully yeah. you can butcher it. Hopefully you can then have your wife uh, like, so tonight my wife uh, made homemade uh, sourdough bread with deer roast. Mm. Right. Like I- I'm sitting there like just yeah. so thankful to the Lord that here is my wife who is a, a homemaker and she is being satisfied in her role for what I was able to be satisfied in my role as a husband to provide for the family. And right. And so it's just, yeah, it wasn't instant gratification, but the gratification was far beyond the instant uh, doing just a grocery pickup, right? Yeah. No, it's so good. It must be sourdough season. My wife just made some homemade sourdough about four nice. days ago, and we ransacked that loaf, oh. those loaves, dude. It gets a little chilly here. Oh, yeah. You get a little warm butter on there with some uh, mm-hmm. chili or soup or something. Oh, it's my, it's, my, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's like crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point mm-hmm. but same thing you're sitting there and you're like here's the food i harvested harvested the the bread that my wife made i mean it's just a it's just an amazing thing i really i, I really think uh man uh the, the secularists and the pagans they just don't know what they're missing out on man mm-hmm. uh they have been sold a bill of goods 
of what is supposed to make you happy. What is, you know, and I think we see it in our society with suicide rates through the roof, um, addiction to anxiety medication through the roof, um, all these different issues that people have, mental uh, health issues in, in the country. And you go, man, maybe we just need a little meat, a little homemade bread, a little God, mm-hmm. a little Bible, a little family, and a little land. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll go a long um, ways. It'll, it'll go, go a long, long way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but getting back to the training part too is, you know, Proverbs says a lot about uh, quickly gotten gain, uh, things that come very mm-hmm. easy, right? And we're in a very kind of quick, get easy culture right now. And boy, does that just meant mess with your mental health when everything is quick, fast, cheap, convenient. There is nothing better than delayed gratification in many things, uh, whether it be hunting. Yeah. That's the Christian life right now, right? Like, yeah, that's the Christian life, right? We're, we're being sanctified for uh, ultimate, uh, glorification. And so it's this process right now for us that we're going through. And, um, it's an ongoing process of up and downs and, and, uh, there's not, I wonder if that's why we, yeah, I wonder if that's why believers kind of tend to like that delayed gratification because that's the life we're living right now spiritually. Um, yeah, you know, even sanctification all, is kind of, yeah, day by day. And, you know, we know what the promise is. That's a good, yep, it's an, all, thought of it it's an already not yet. It's an already not yet. <laughs> already not <laughs> yet. I'm I'm <laughs> yeah, Amel, baby. Uh, uh, it's nice. It's nice to be in a, uh, around another Ameler. You know, I'm around these yes. uh, post mills all the time, and I go, look at we're close. I'm optimistic, Amel, but you know, uh, I just can't can't get there quite yet. But um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff going on there. So g- give me like, uh, what are you doing on a typical hunt? Like with this antelope. Are you, is it blind? Is it, you're on an open plane. So is it, bl- you're in a blind or, you know, ground blind? Like wh- what is it? How, how often do you have to get up early? When do they move? I'm just interested yeah. in the logistics of this. Cause I've never hunted antelope before. Yeah. And I'm just and being so selfish. Like, and I would say like antelope is like really similar to deer with being up early in the morning. Right. Uh, you're going to okay. see them move more. Um, right now with the weather in Idaho getting colder, I'm assuming it's the same thing with Michigan right now. It's probably pretty yep. cold out right now. Um, yeah. they'll, they'll still move throughout the day, but it's just more likely you're going to see something at that, uh, at daybreak. Um, but yeah, so my, my goal this year, so the bear that I got this year was with a, a good brother uh, in Christ went up with me, helped me, helped me harvest that, helped me get that. He was the one that spotted it, told me about it. We went out together and, and he, we walk and stock and got it right and on public ground again, the deer, um, was one that it was kind of a, a area that I'd been watching and I was like, okay, there's life in this area. There's evidence of deer here. Like really want to come back and, and try to hunt this spot But the antelope. My goal this year with the antelope, uh, it was a depredation tag. So it was given to me from a land uh, owner's, um, uh, appreciation tag is what it is here in Idaho. And so it was gifted to me. And so my goal was, is I wanted my whole family to be there when I killed it. And so I wanted my wife there. I wanted my oldest son, Shepard, my middle son, Owen, and then my youngest son, Nehemiah, um, to be there with that yeah. happening. Especially for my oldest son, Shepard, he's four years old. I want him to, to watch dad have frustration, have yeah. success, have um, uh, even to be able to watch it be gutted. And then ultimately, so we're going to be butchering it tomorrow. So watch it, have him watch that whole process and hopefully just eat something right then and there and just have him, have him see that whole circle, uh, come together. Um, yeah. and so that was my goal with the antelope was that, um, in the back of my mind and he, he got to see a lot of frustration. <laughs> so, uh, so that, that was good. Um, but yeah, so the antelope antelope there, they, they usually gather in large, large herds. Um, you'll find pockets okay. here and there of five and 20, uh, the one that I shot this one out of was a hundred plus, um, all just in this open flat in the desert in public ground, um, really close to somewhat close. I mean, it was probably a mile off, maybe a half a mile off of private, uh, alfalfa out here. And so it was, okay. it was off of his stuff, eating off a of sagebrush, kind of going back and forth. And so I had watched him a couple for a little while um, come in and out of this guy's property. So I knew where they were already uh, located out for the most part. And so the big part was just getting up high somewhere that you could see over the flat, see, see on the Hills. 
start uh, spotting and then drive down as close as you can to them. These antelope are so used to drivers because antelope is a really rare tag in Idaho to get. Um, okay. So uh, like they're almost always, they're always controlled hunts. There is no open hunt that I know of in Idaho. Um, and so okay. they're really like used to vehicles. Like I think it actually freaks them out more to see a person rather than a vehicle. Like I feel like I okay. could drive up like, like right, drive close, yeah. versus walk up to an antelope right and so and especially because they're out in the desert they have side-by-sides and uh, four-wheelers and motorcyclists that are out there all the time having a good time uh enjoying nature and in those ways they just kind of get used to that stuff and so um it was just an open flat uh Psalm was able to drive up get behind a little bit of a hill get out of my vehicle have the family watch me and just watch that whole process of getting up on top of this no way that's cool hill and then make the shot so like it was it was exciting for that and so um yeah yeah <laughs> it was good that's awesome all right so you had the whole family with you uh how how what was the temperature like was it was it kind of cooler or was it a more warm warmer day uh, it was, it was still cold out. You still had to, I, you still needed to wear some sort of long sleeve out there. Uh, right now our okay. weather has been kind of up and down in Idaho. Yep. So like right now outside, it's pretty cold and windy. That day wasn't that bad. I like, I, I would say it was probably in the forties, low, okay. low fifties, uh, low fifties, yep. maybe. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. So, and my wife grew up as a vegetarian too. So like, as a vegetarian, a vegetarian, you said? As a, as, yep, as a vegetarian. And so, like, oh, wow. she's come a long way. And so, like, I like, yeah. I, I love my wife. She's been, she's being sanctified all the time in multiple ways. And that's <laughs> one of the ways is, um, is that. And so she, what's she made cool? the beer roast tonight <laughs> and loved there it. There you go. <laughs> uh, what's cool with that, too, is when you get the kids involved at a young age, um, you know, my, my grand or my, uh, father had, had pigs for a while and my two girls were like, four and six, maybe three and five. And they named the pigs that were going to go to slaughter eventually. And they named one of them bacon, which I thought was a little on the nose, but okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, a, a year later we slaughtered it. We're eating eggs and bacon out at grandpa's house. And they said, who's this bacon? And he said, yep, but you're eating bacon from bacon. And they kind of made the connection that, okay, this is food. Um, you know, so it's like kind of this weird thing too, where you're kind of instilling that created order, even in a young kid. Yep. Uh, of this, this is, this is good. This is a good thing. We're, we're raising our food. Uh, God is giving us sustenance and uh, blessing us with these things. And they understand it from a young age and heck, they didn't even know they were eating venison in their spaghetti until they hit like mm. seven or eight years old. <laughs> I just mm. sneak it in That's there. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great in spaghetti. So I, I probably would choose to have <laughs> right. that in there rather than cow meat. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. That's good. Cool. So if someone's listening right now, uh, what would you, what would you tell a young man who's thinking about, man, maybe I should get into that. You know, grandpa used to do these talk about it. Dad didn't ever take me out. Maybe I'm a young guy and I'm thinking, you know, or maybe he has a young family or something. What would you, would you, mm-hmm. would you tell him? Yeah. Take a stab at it. Or what would you tell him? Yeah, absolutely. And get ready for disappointment, but that that's a good thing. It'll help build your character. <laughs> um, but yeah, you need, you need to go get a rifle. <laughs> Go get a rifle with a decent caliber right. of some kind. Get yeah. a scope. Get get a set of binoculars. You need binoculars. There was a couple of years there where I was like, I don't need binoculars, and that just screwed me over. Go get binoculars. Uh, save up the money and 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 buy a decent pair of binoculars. Um, get cheap camo <laughs> yeah. if if you want the expensive stuff, I guess. But uh, you get get cheap camo. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. And um, yeah, uh, just get out and do it. Find it, yourself, totally find cool. yourself a good mentor too. a good, a guy that's been yep. doing a little bit, has some tricks of the trade, uh, you know, just isn't a talker, but to actually, you know, pull, pulled in some, uh, animals. I've always found that, uh, very helpful as well. It's like in anything, yep. right? Like even in discipleship and mentorship and anything in life, running a business, family, marriage, get someone who's been there and done it. And, and mm-hmm. it's fun too, because you get to learn and swap stories and I'd say that'd be pretty beneficial too. Oh yeah, no, cool. absolutely. Don't totally get, totally get a mentor. I like that was some of my, uh, well, and I got to do it with my kids this year. So like last year getting immediately after killing my first deer, getting to pray with my brother in Christ right then and there, like before yeah. we even got down to the meat, just being Lord, thank you. Like I see a dead deer down there, Lord, thank you. Like that is so wonderful. And then this year, like getting to do that with, uh, with the brother in Christ that helped me with the bear 
And then getting to do that with my son, like, and, and what have him, like I said, have him see dad get disappointed, have him, uh, see dad, uh, uh, repent to God at just being disappointed with it and, and be in prayer for that. And then to, to be praying as my son is standing over a dead antelope, right? Like uh, find a, find a mentor that wants to uh, see it as a time to disciple even you in a, in a way that is God glorifying. Oh no, that's good. Awesome. Cool. So, Mm -hmm. Hey, last time you were on, as we finish this up here, I don't think Mm -hmm. we got to do fresh 10 with you. Did we, did we do fresh 10 segment with you? where we ask you 10 fresh questions so the listeners can get to know you a little bit more. It's 10 rapid fire questions. You don't know what they're going to be. And they don't have to be long answers, but they're, they're just to get to know Braden a little bit more. You want to play? I'm totally in. I, we did not do this last time. So I'm, I'm excited for this. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Here we go. All right, here we go. Braden Patterson on Fresh 10. Uh, number one, what city and state did you grow up in and how did it affect your childhood? Uh, Boise, Idaho. I really, really loved it. It's definitely a different city now. And so I'm a little sad every time I drive back there. It's gotten a lot bigger, but it uh, was a it was a blessing being in, in Boise there. The people that I grew up when I was growing up there were really, really kind. It's kind of gone downhill now, but um, it was okay. it was a blessing. Awesome. Question number two, yeah. what's your favorite funny story to tell people? Ooh. What's a good Ooh. story? Everyone's laughing. They're having a good time. And you go, I got a funny story for you. This happened to me or this happened to a friend of mine or you got Ooh. one. I do a lot of dark humor things though, because being <laughs> a firefighter, it might not be good on there. Um, okay. Can well, I come back to that one? Let me come. Let me. Yeah, okay. Can you I come back to that one? Story, it's probably some type of dark blue sarcastic humor we're going to go with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. why I like you. Uh, question number three: uh, You, uh, the flux capacitor is fluxing. You get into the DeLorean. Are you going back to visit your great 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 grandfather, or are you going into the future to visit your great 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 grandkids? Uh, man, I'm going back. I'm going, going back. back. Okay, <laughs> going why is back. that? I got I to gotta tell my great, great, great grandpappy, I don't know his name, not to join the LDS religion <laughs> and then go do some, <laughs> some sweet hunting with them. So there you uh, go. Yeah. That's or actually a pretty funny story how, how my What's great, that? great, great grandpa uh, became a Mormon. Well, on my, on my dad's, so on my mom's side, I'm, I'm related to Brigham Young. On my dad's side, um, he had uh, the reason he became a Mormon was he hated his neighbor so much. And his neighbor one day came over who hated him and was like, hey, there's Mormon missionaries coming around here. Don't let them in. They're evil. And so my great, great, great grandpappy, however many greats back, hated his neighbor so much that he let the Mormons in. And not only that, but he took the Mormons over to the fence and had them talk very, very loud so that the neighbor could hear. And that's why wow. I am helping. became a Mormon out of spite. Came on, so yeah, I'm a product of spite Mormonism. Spite Mormonism. Never heard that. Okay. Very yeah. good. All right. Question number four. What's something people would be surprised to know about you? Um, surprise. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Christians, this is a hot topic. I, I make uh, tobacco pipes. I make, uh, I'm the owner yeah. of Donner's Oak Company. And Shout out uh, to Donner's Oak. We'll get yourself yep, a pipe. I see that. the pictures. Go, go get one. They're, they're turning out really good. I'm really enjoying them. They smoke phenomenally. Um, yeah. and so that would probably be a, a good one. A, a lot of people might not know as I like okay. tobacco pipes. Very cool. Uh, top three bands or music albums that you, uh, that either you're taking with you on the d- deserted Island or that just have influenced you the most. Ooh. It doesn't have to necessarily be al- It can be albums or just bands in general. Okay. Uh, and it can be influenced for better or for worse too. So I I love Sovereign Grace music for him. So I sure. love 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 them. Love love their stuff. I would say Coulter Wall for a secular artist. I really have enjoyed okay. his stuff recently. I kind of go back and forth in, in moods of what I like and what I don't like. Beautiful yeah. Eulogy is just something that somebody recently turned me on to. Really enjoying their stuff. Um, I like Christian. Well, what kind of, what's that? I, I haven't heard of them. Uh, it's it's a it's a Christian reformed Calvinistic uh, rap. Um, which oh, is okay, phenomenal, cool. phenomenal. Yeah. And make, in my young days, before I was a Christian, I, I really loved Tupac. Tupac influenced me <laughs> yeah. the most. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So. All right. Moving right along. Question number six. Uh, favorite thing to do when you just want to relax? Uh, go hunting. <laughs> go hunting. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, go on. Truly, that's a good, go on. Yep. Yeah, good, good answer. <laughs> uh, question number seven, what do people misunderstand about you the most? What's something that you get misunderstood about? You go, no, that's not really, yes. no. Oh, yeah. So uh, to all my lovely dispensational friends out there that that <laughs> as an all millennialist, I would say I read the Bible literally, but they would not say so. So, um, yeah, I read the Bible with how the author intended it to be read. And that's literal. <laughs> that's funny. I've asked this question to a lot of different people and they always go with like a personality thing. And you, you went theology. I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. If you could sit down. For a cup of coffee with any historical figure outside of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, who would it be, dead or alive, past or present? Or alive. Ooh. You got 10 minutes to drink coffee with them. Historical figure, theologian, scholar, president, celebrity. 10 minutes to drink with them, too. That is a good question. <laughs> There's so many good people. You could say Charles Spurgeon, and that would be like, I think, the easy cop out. You go like that's Luther. That's a cop out. I mean, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good cup of coffee because I'd have that a is cigar a good with them, too. Look, it would be a, it would be a, well, you wouldn't be able to smoke the whole cigar. It would be like an inch of the cigar, right? In 10 <laughs> right, minutes. It'd be yeah. wonderful well, though. Guess, like that would be okay, a blessing. I guess we don't have to put a time limit on You can have an hour. Okay. Okay. That changes the story then. Um, I think Spurgeon's a good one though. Yeah. I, maybe George Whitfield would be a good one. I, I would Ooh, love, to, love to just to kind of hear his passion and, and, and maybe try to see yeah. how that could influence me. Jonathan Edwards would be great. And hear his his blandness and yeah. how that would influence me. Maybe uh, I, I always thought I'd like to talk yeah. to John Knox because I think he had a little yeah. rebel in him, like I do, and we yep. could just go like, you know what I mean? We'd probably get along. Um, okay, question nine. We got two left. What's your fa- uh, what's your favorite movie or who's your favorite actor? Either one. Ooh, favorite movie or favorite actor? My my wife and I we watched Shutter Island once and we thought it was fantastic. That was a is great that the one movie. where he's always there? That's the one where he's like, the, yes, he's a detective. yes, Dude, that, 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 one, that awesome. one is that one is a killer of a movie. That one's wonderful. Uh, we just recently saw another type of movie like that that I really enjoyed, and I cannot remember what it was off the top of my head. That's going to mm-hmm. bum me out now. But it was it was similar mindset to Shutter Island in its thrilling aspect, and I was like, that was that was a phenomenal. So is that movie. what you kind of go for, like dystopian thrillers? Or are you a drama yeah. guy, comedy guy, like what? Okay, I do like comedies. I think I think you'd have to be a maniac not to like a comedy. Uh, but right. um, I, I really like thrillers. Something that just grips you, and you're just like, "What's what? What?" Like just mind blowing. Um, but yeah, I, I say that, and I've never I've never seen Inception, right? And so like, um, that's another good one, yeah, yeah. And I've never seen that one. And so like, I'm I'm kind of behind the curve in a lot of ways because growing up LDS, I. Like my first R-rated movie, maybe I shouldn't say this publicly. My first R-rated, <laughs> my first PG, it wasn't even R. My first PG-13 movie that I'd ever seen yeah. was when I was 19 years old and it was 27 dresses with my girlfriend at the time, now wife. I'm ashamed to say <laughs> uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I yeah. missed out on that's a lot the, of good. That's uh, the one you, 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 I don't know what's the, I don't want to say popped your cherry, but that's not going to say. That's what you, that's the movie you, the PG-13, 27 dresses, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Uh, you know, what's a good kind of crazy thriller. That's a little, not thriller, but kind of like that make you think one. Uh, and this is like yeah. from the nineties, but it's called Memento. Mm. You ever see that movie? I'll have to check it out. I haven't. Go watch it. It has a, uh, the guy who um, he's played in like Count of Monte Cristo and a couple other movies. You okay. know, the actor, but um, I don't want to spoil it by telling you how it's shot, but it is written brilliantly. You get to the end okay. and you're like, what the heck? Memento. Mm. And it's pretty clean. Mm. There's not, there's not a whole, whole lot of stuff it in it. All right. Last yeah. question for fresh 10. Here we go. What is a book outside of the Bible that everyone should just at least pick up and take a look at and read through flip through it could yeah. be fiction, uh, nonfiction, theological outside of the Bible. One book that you'd go. Yeah. Every person needs to take a look at it. Could be classical so literature. Wife, yeah. So my, so two books. So I think every Christian ought to read, uh, read uh, attributes of God by AW pink. Uh, not mm. Tozer, A.W. Pink. Um, I'm Own sure Tozer's, Tozer's is great and good, but uh, A.W. Pink is phenomenal. Um, yep. And then my wife and I are currently reading every morning through Pilgrim's Progress. So like that one's, oh. that one's a given though. Pilgrim's so Progress good. is awesome. Yeah. They've got, I did think of my, uh, I was going to say, I did think, I did think of a funny story that I can tell that's not too dark of a humor too. Okay, so I can answer number two. Go back. To so number two, two uh, when I was working one time at the uh, medics in another town, so I work as a firefighter full time, but this is many years ago, there was a new firefighter for the city that I worked in and he was super excited to be there. 
And so he was gun ho like every firefighter ought to be in a certain way. And so we lifted this. It was a, a call to a, a lift assist for an obese person um, that sure. was having a hard time taking care of themselves. And so they needed to lift it up and be put into another another chair. And so they were on a commode. Right. Well, we lifted them up. The person <laughs> pulled up their pants. A firefighter's gung ho. And so he comes in, grabs the person's arm, doesn't let the captain touch it. Right. Thinking he's doing the right thing. And a perfect uh, emoji turd, right, that everybody knows on the phone, falls out of the pant leg right on the, the guy's foot. <laughs> and just uh, just right right on top of the right on top of the, the, the firefighter's boot. And I just remember oh, everybody no. just looking at it just, oh, <laughs> that just happened. Oh, my gosh. So the funny thing about that is I have a good friend that's a firefighter uh, yep. in Ohio, and he went up hunting with me three years ago. And he just regaled me of all of the stories uh, that fire. I mean, the calls they get and the, you know, he down there, he's in Toledo, Ohio. So he'll get, he said, we get a call once a week from the same lady who wants us to take her microwave dinner out of the, uh, you know, microwave because she can't get to it. Like, like every Monday at seven o'clock, Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's Deborah again or whatever. And, but just insane (laughs) stories. I swear we were laughing, but then I was also just like, what, this is the stuff you deal with. A lot of that kind yeah. of stuff too, where you're dealing with medical issues, obesity, you're dealing with toilet issues. And like, you just never think that, you know, they all run into, you know, uh, structures on fire, but the whole kind of care outside of that, I mean, it's a wide range when you're a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, it's, it's so awesome because, well, first of all, you get to see depravity firsthand in a lot of ways that yeah. people don't. And you're going into people's personal private circles, right? Which a lot of people don't see. And then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're getting called. Uh, like, I, It's wonderful because every firefighter knows it. But like at the Thanksgiving dinner table, like Thanksgiving will be this week. A lot of times firefighters feel like they can't pipe up with a story because all their stories are story toppers. And they're usually story toppers that bring in really weird humor. And so, yeah. <laughs> or maybe not proper for a Thanksgiving dinner too, from what I yeah. Like, definitely probably not <laughs> yeah all right there we go you got all you got you went back to two you got all 10 we knew a little yeah. bit more about you there we go that was fresh time can we kick that one more time let's go All right. Well, there it is, man. The hunting episode with Braden Patterson. So good to have you on, brother. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. Just sit down, chat, uh, talk about things that we both enjoy. I encourage any of any of you out there listening. um, Heck, if you have any uh, questions about hunting or discipleship or heck, even even some Amil questions or theological questions, get a hold of Braden or myself. Braden, where can they find John Lyon and on social media? Where are you hanging out at? Yeah. So on YouTube, uh, reformed ex Mormon, that's, uh, my YouTube channel that I upload a lot of just random things to. I'll sometimes do stuff about tobacco, sometimes about popular topics, sometimes all millennialism or my sermons, uh, just random things like those or evangelism or Mormonism. Um, my Facebook, uh, I almost called it a channel, my Facebook page, uh, just under Braden Patterson. Um, yeah. on there would be a good place to always reach out to me. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I just recently got Twitter. I got three followers so far, so I'm moving on up in the world. <laughs> but um, I don't oh, think you need right. to go. Come on, guys. On Let's there. get him some followers on there. <laughs> Throw out a handle. Let's get you some followers. I, I think okay, I got to look at it. For, so one, it of the reasons, one of the reasons I didn't download Twitter was because, uh, like, my friend told me to my, – my co-elder at my church – a Valley Baptist told me to download it and I looked at it and I couldn't find Twitter. They changed it to X. I didn't know this. This was new information <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know what it is. Um, uh, reformed yeah, X Mormon. Reform, reform X Mormon is my. Spell no, it for yeah. us. Spell it for us. So we can link it up. Yeah. So R E F O R M E X M O R M. There you go. Reform X Mormon. We'll link it up. In the episode, you guys can go check him out. Let's get him more than three followers. <laughs> I'll make sure I go follow you so I can tag you in this too. Uh, Appreciate when it, goes live. Uh, but Brain, thanks for being here, bro. <laughs> it was, Why don't you it have was a good a Thanksgiving? Blessing. All right. Likewise. True blessing for me too. Have a good Thanksgiving. A good Christmas if I don't talk to you. I'm going to see you in February at the Y yes. Calvinism uh, conference. And you guys will be hearing more about that. Obviously, you already heard the ad at the top of the show for it. 
Um, we like supporting Jeff and everything he's doing out there. And we're going to be doing some live podcasting from there too, uh, hosting a post-conference session. So you're going to get to hear all about it. And you'll hear uh, probably from Braden too on there. And you'll see him pop up on our social media. So guys, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for visiting dmwpodcast.com, supporting the show. Like I said, got a sale, spend 50 bucks, 25% off all products. Get yourself some snarky merch, support the show. And as always, remember the chief end of man, glorify God and enjoy him forever. God bless. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.